I just want, want to look at it over here in the Sefer Um Is anybody on? No. Did you email them? I'm good. Okay. okay, that's good. That's what I promised. I said you might do. So, thank you. So, um, so this is the part, the the the, the, the in which present the concept of Yerusha. And the Torah goes through the whole, the uh, order of precedence when it comes to Yerusha, etc. But it presents the concept of Yerusha. So uh, let's take a look at two, two thoughts over here, and then I want to have one, one a longer thought of my own. Um, so we're so we're so used to the concept of Yerusha that the parent passes away, that the child takes possession, etc. And we never stop to wonder, like, who, why, why is it, why is it, why is that so? You know, you know, we could have argued, the person owns something, and the person passes away, so the story's over. So the item comes after, right? Doesn't have to thank you. Necessarily have to go to the child. The Torah says it goes to the child. That's something to think about. Why is that? Okay, so the Sefer Chinah says the following idea. Um, so this is the bottom of page 874. Um, the Sefer Chinah, whenever he talks about a mitzvah, he talks about what he calls the Shroshim, which means some of the... Some, he says, Mishroshim, mitzvah means I'm not telling you what, what I believe is the definitive reason I'm giving you a reason. There are many, could be many others as well. So it's, he always says, Mishrashi HaMitzvah, from the Shrashim of the Mitzvah. From the, like, the, that, the, 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 the idea that the Mitzvah is rooted in, Keshiyeda Odin Bizbanen, Kiyoelem Biyad Odin, Meshkiyach Al-Kol Briyusa. That the, the Bershom runs the world. Ubitzayinu Bechepsa HaTzoyi B'Zorcha Kol Echad Bechad Mibnei HaOlam Bechelech HaNechosim Meshu Masik Be'Lomar. And through the Bershom's gifting, um, therefore a person receives what he receives in this world. When the Bershom gives a matana, gives you something, it's not a short-term idea. He gives you something which lasts. So therefore, it outlasts you. It's able to go on to the people which are your progeny, which or your continuation. So that shows you the depth of the idea of the Bershom's, Bershom's present to man. Really, he should have stayed with the person himself. Before Onomarishim, the people were going to live forever, you would get something. You would own it forever. Right? So that's it. It wasn't... Uh, it had an expiration date on the Matana. And they still look goofy, and it was in the years half cycle Matanas of Kelim of It's just because the person's body is missing. If, if intrinsically the way the Russian set up the world is when I get something, it's mine forever, the fact that my body is taken out of the picture is not a reason that I should lose that connection. Of this Pashat, therefore it continues into the Individual who is an extension of myself, uh, the parent, the, the children, so the brach the Bershom gave the individual who, who was Nifter, he has no children, 
but the people which are closest to him are, are also in some way an extension to, from him. The reason why I have something because my own schusim, it also could be the schusim of my family. The person is obvious, so it's because of the obvious. So somebody who's connected to the obvious, my forebears, because they're also the descendants of the forebears, they have rights to it more than the person who's a stranger in the street. Because the reason why I was zeichel to get, right? No. Why was I zeichel? Because the person says that your zegda was a big tzaddik, and therefore you deserve to get something because of that. Okay, now the person dies; he has no, he has, he has no progeny, but he has a, he has a cousin. That cousin is also an anacol of that zegda. So it, it works like that. Or alternatively, he says, the reason why a person is zeichel is something because he's doing something; he acts a certain way. Well, many times, the families, the, the hashpo uh, extends to his family. So he's grappling with this idea. Why is there Yerusha? Right? Why does it go over to the to the child? So he says, he says, point number one: the Russian gives something. The Russian gives something with the full, the full heart. Right? There's no explanation date on the on the matan. Right. And had Al Rishon not been chayte, it would have been, that's what it would have, would have been. Now we, we introduce Misa to the world, but since there's somebody which we can see as an extension of that person, of the owner, it makes sense that, that the bracha of the Kaddish Baruch Hu should, it, it's supposed to expiring, should continue, in these people which we can some way see they're an extension of the person. So the, those which are clearly an extension of the person. His, his descendants, they go first. He has no descendants, he has no children, but he's part of a, a family, and, that, and the family is, is part of why he gets something. The person gets, gets a matana in their own schools, the person gets a matana in the schools of others as well. So, uh, usually that's connected back to the family. So a relative, which is part of the family, will get will be seen again as some level of an extension of the matana the Bershom gave. The Bershom gave the matana to him, and now it spreads to the members of the family as well. Or, he got the matana because there's something which he did, which is, appro- which is appropriate. So, uh, the people of the family many times are part of that, that lesson. Either they learn from him, or he learned from them, etc. People tend to learn from those which are similar to them, etc. So, these are reasons why the the person's bracha of the matana should not end. When I said that, it says you're connected to your past relatives, though, in the sense that they make that link. You have a biological connection, but how do you have a legal connection? He's saying, well, in 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 Shemayim, we have a concept of that. There's something called schusavus. Ah. So. So that's the connection. So. The, the, why does the grandson was the Zoycha to this success in finance? Because his Zaydi's Maisim Toivim allowed him to be get that mazel. So, uh, therefore, it makes sense. It should go to, can't go to him. He doesn't have any children anymore. He doesn't have any children. But he has, there's other people who are, who are grandchildren of that Zayd also. So, right. go to them. 
That's how we understand it. Okay, that's the the um, 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 that's the the chinuch. So the chinuch, his real point is not the last part. Why we make these connections? His real point is that we have to understand when the Russian gives something, he gives it with a full heart. When the Russian gives something, he's giving something with no expiration date. If he's giving something, it's forever. But the forever can only be fulfilled now by expanding it to, the, to somebody beyond himself because he's not here anymore. But the forever is, is, is still true. So we, we learn at the, the, the Bershom's, his largesse, that if he gives something, he gives something with a, with a tremendous nasina, and that's why it, it doesn't end. And that's why there's Yerusha in the world. As opposed to arguing when the person dies, it's all over. It's not his anymore. It'd be Hefter. Right? It could have been so, but the Russian says, no, 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 I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. That should be for yours. You, if you're yours, and those who are an extension of you, they'll be yours forever. That, that's the lesson of how the Russian gives with Matana to man. Um, that's the point that the Sefer Chenu says. Fine. Um... This piece of Edward he says that the Torah gave this mitzvah of Yerusha through this, the, the, the medium of how we learned that this mitzvah was through the story of the Bereis Lofchad, who wanted to know why they can't get Yerusha, and, and that Mashabenu then asked the Kodesh Baruch Hu, and the Bershom says that they're, they're correct, and the daughter has a right to get the Yerusha as well. Right? So it comes out that the parsha of Yerusha was given through the vehicle of these women. So why was that? Why were they the, why were they the um, catalyst, as it were, for this mitzvah? He says that, that where had there not been Misa, the whole concept of Yerusha would be re- irrelevant. And women were the, were the ones who brought Misa to the world. Chava was the one who brought Misa to the world. So they, in a certain sense, were the one who brought Yerusha into the world. It's not important you say over the Shabbos table. <laughs> <laughs> Unless your wife's not there. Um, <laughs> you know, when the women say to you, listen, you know, men did the Chatega, women didn't. <laughs> the correct response is, yeah, but that the, the woman was the one who made, created a Misa. <laughs> okay. And that was by Ghanaian? Ghanaian, back in Ghanaian. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, obviously that's, um, so what is that? So, uh, so I, I mean, I, I want to try and expand that a little bit. But let's, th- there's a, So the concept of of Yerusha is a fascinating thing. Um, so the, the Torah says this: Kolamona parshish mishpatim, Kolamona v'yosem lo yisanun. A person should not irritate, afflict, 
a woman who's a widow and and orphans. The Torah says, if you do such a thing, and they're going to complain to me, I'm going to respond to their call. The Russians, I'm going to punish you who've done this to these people, to the to widow and to the to the Yosem. I'm going to punish you, the Russian says, your wives are going to be widows. You're going to die. Your wives are going to be widows. Your children are going to be your seven. Okay. Um, so Rashi brings some chazal that that the puzzle says, right? Versus, I'm going to kill you. Well, if you. Similarly, your wife's going to be an almana, your children going to be a sermon. What's the what's the possibility? And by the hand, your wife's going to be an almana, your children going to be a sermon. Well, obviously. Charge your being some chazal. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a second claw, though. Right? It, the person's going to die in such a way that it can't be verified. So the woman's going to be stuck in a state of almanas forever. Person, I'm not just going to kill you, I'm going to kill you in a way. That your wife, if you if you hurt an almana, your wife's going to be an eternal almana. She can never remarry because there's no aidus that the person died. Okay, and your children are going to be your son because since there's no aidus, the children can't take your, the yerusha. That's what Rashi says. Um, so they go. What's the case? The women are going to be suras kamonas chayes. Rabbanim yiu sermon. They don't know if the person died. The person was captured. We have no idea. So the children cannot take over the the, the, the father's property. Okay, I hear the clause. It's a terrible clause. The Torah describes that is saying the women are going to be almanas, which I get that. The wife's going to be an almana, so he's going to die. And the saying, not only is the wife going to be widowed, she's going to remain a widow the rest of her life. And the children are never going to get the Yerusha, and therefore they remain your son the rest of their life. Which means the flip side means if they get the Yerusha, they're not your son anymore. Like, like, by the case of the almana, I get it. If she's able to remarry, she's not really an almana anymore. She's not she, she has a husband. She's not widowed. She's not, she's not living as a widow. This woman can't remarry. She remains a widow the rest of her life. All right? So the, the, the parallel point of the Pasuk, it says, and the children will be your sermon. That's the, Torah, that's the description the Torah uses for the idea that a person cannot take over the Yerusha of the Father. They're going to be your sermon. Now, obviously, that's clear the Torah means your sermon. It means even if they, get the, they take over the Yerusha of the Father, so they're going to be your sermon. That's the case that it'll be in the Pasuk. If you're going to afflict the Yosem, You'll be your kids will be Yisraelim squared. I mean, th- those kids didn't get Yerusha because they got Yerusha. So it's, you're, you're, the person is called a Yosem, even we get even we get Yerusha. But there's another element of Yasmus, of of being a Yosem. It's a Yosem squared. The the wife's an Amona squared, right. right? There's an element of 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 of, of being a Yosem more than the average Yosem. If they don't take over the property of the father, so now that could be just simply practically they don't want to live on. It doesn't sound like that's the shot. That's, that's, that's not a description of it being the awesome. 
it's being an Oni, whatever. It seems to be the idea that the child can take over the property of the father is in some ways is as if the father they're not your son anymore. How is that? So there's a fascinating halachic discussion. Um, um, halachic discussion of how Yerusha works. And does all Yerusha work the same? Is there a difference between the Yerusha of a son, a, a son to a father and the Yerusha of uh, an uncle to a nifter or a brother to a nifter or a, a nephew to a nifter? Are they the same? So there's a big discussion in the Sikhs of Gemara about that's a, that's a parak about Yerusha. There's a concept which the 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 the, the, the referred to as mishmush. Um, and it seems to be the way that many of them understand that the Yerusha of a ben to a father is different than the Yerusha of other relatives. Yerusha of the ben of the father is that the, the son, as it were, steps into the role of the father. He steps into the father's place. So it's not the pshat is that the, the, the property passes down to the child. It's more along the lines uh, that the child steps into the, the into the, the, the status of the father and therefore it's his. So in a certain sense, what is happening is that the idea of taking over the father's property is in some way putting the father back to life. So they're not your son in that sense. That's very interesting. And that's what the post is describing. But over here, the child cannot step into the role of the father. He cannot take over the father's property. So if so, he, he remains as if the son. So, I mean, you can understand that, I, and I think in a very rational way, I mean, you can understand it very clearly in a very esoteric way. I think both of them are true. But let's, let's play out a scenario where I think it would be, it would, it would be very clear that it makes sense. Right? The father is a wealthy person, and he, he's, he has a, he's very charitable. He plays a specific role in the community, etc. That's, that's the lesson and the legacy of the father. When the child, the father passes away and the child steps into the role of the father and continues that legacy by doing the same thing the father did to take over the property and using the property the same way the father did. In a certain sense, we say, well, you know what? The father's still alive. His good deeds are continuing. His actions are continuing. The person's role is still being, is being played by somebody. Right. And that somebody is the child. And that would be the appropriate person to take over to play that role. When somebody else does it, it's not the same. When the child does it, we look at, well, the father is in a certain way continuing. Right? So that's a very you know, rationalistic way of saying such a concept. Uh, but Al-Pikabola, uh, this is very, uh, it's very clear in Al-Pikabola that such a concept that exists. Um, the, um, there's, there's a lot of interesting halacha concept, or it should be Kabbalistic concept, about the idea, the idea of a shoe and a foot. Right? We find when, the, when, the, when a person dies without children, so the process of, if there's even was done, there's even was done, even done, the process of done is the chalitza, taking a shoe off of the foot. But why shoes and why feet? So the Shachayim says that the, the, every person's neshama 
exists really in two planes. It exists in, in, the, in the, the upper worlds. The neshama, the, the as it were, is not fully clothed in the body. The neshama is existing, if you could use the idea of space, such things, you know, metaphysical space. The neshama is not fully clothed in the body. The primary part of the neshama is actually in the Lama Soyanin. And the bottom of the neshama, which the Zara refers to as the, as the foot, is inside the body of the person. It's the same way in the person, the place which touches the ground is the foot. So the, nesho, the body is the foot of the neshama. That's what allows the neshama to touch the ground. The body is, functions as the foot, so the neshama, the same way the foot functions in the body, the foot is the part which, which allows the body to touch the ground, interface with the ground, interface with this reality. So the, the goof does it for the neshama. Okay. When a person is nifter and he has children, so the, the difference in a malach and a person, Paul's Pasuk says that a, that a person, malachim are oimdim, they can't, they don't grow, they, don't continue, they, do, they remain static, they are who they are. Human beings are mahalchim. They walk. They're always moving. They're always growing. When a person is nifter, the ch- child, it's the Khmer's Lush is the reason why the child can be Mazaka the father and do scoop the father, because raw karadavur, the child is the leg of the father. He's what allows the father to continue to walk. The father can move forward in Shemayim and continue to develop and grow through his child. Because the child is the foot of the father now. This person died without children. There's an opportunity to do yibum, as it were, to create a skus for the neshama and give him what to grow. And, the, the, and they refuse that. So you've taken, as it were, the shoe off of the foot. You've not given him a way to, to anyway, and continue to walk in this world anymore. He doesn't wear to walk. He doesn't wear to walk. So he, you take, you, the chalitza process is, is to as we're concretized that this is the decision over here. What we're doing is we're not, we're not giving him the, the wherewithal to continue to walk in this world. That's how the Nebuchadnezzar of Pekabola explains this concept of the relationship of the, the, the Shama to the Guf and the child to the father. And the Moritz is brokar the The child is the leg of the father. It's not much the loss of the Gemara. Like, you know, the father is the leg of the father. He's the arm of the father. Like, you know, why is it the leg of the father? That's what they mean. So a child is considered to be, as it were, he's the same way for the neshama, the goof is that which allows the, the, the neshama to walk in this world. The child is what allows the father to do that. So the child is considered an extension of the father in that sense. Uh, but that's unique to the child. It doesn't apply to his brother. Or it doesn't apply to his uncle. So there's Yerusha to a brother. There's Yerusha to an uncle. There's Yerusha to a nephew, etc. But that 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 that, that, they, that they become the regal of the of the, the rifter, That that doesn't exist anymore. But when a child takes over the father, what he's doing is he's being the regal of the father. So in a certain sense, he's giving the father a vehicle to continue to grow and exist in this world. So these, these children are limited in that capacity. They can't take over the legacy of the father, etc. So they remain yesomim. 
as opposed to somebody who when, can take over the father's role totally. And in, in that sense, they've brought the father back to life because they're their extension of the father. So that's what the, that's what the pasuk means over here. So it comes out Yerusha is understood in it's not just a financial process. It's the financial process is. So I, I, I taking this thought the next step. So Destra talks about the what's called Caleb. Right, everything person everything a person is given this in this world is given it's given to him as a, as an instrument a vehicle. So to do what he's supposed to, the role he's supposed to play in this world. So one person is supposed to play the role of being very rich and using it for good deeds, etc. So his money is the kalim for his, 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 these are, that's the vehicle, that's the instruments which he's going to use to play his role in this world. Right, those are the props. Somebody else has, gets different props. He gets, uh, he gets a position of power. Somebody else gets gets intelligence. Everybody is given their kalim for their job. Each person has different kalim. That's why Chazal say that the tzaddikim, their moment is very chavav to them. They take the money very seriously because they understand that it has a, it has a purpose. So you don't just waste it. Right? I can't do well, whatever. I just waste the money. No, the Russian gave it to me for I'm supposed to do something something with it. So I, I can't just waste it. So, the 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 kalim of the father, what the chinuch was saying is that the Russian gives a matana. That matana is forever. There's no expiration date in the matana. And Yerusha is this idea that it doesn't end. So what we're saying now is the reason why it doesn't end is not just well it mainly goes over to the child. When the child takes over the the, the kalim of the father. He's continuing the role of the father, so it, it actually did not end for the father, that matam. Because the child is continuing to use, hopefully will continue to use the kalim in the appropriate way, whether it's the, it's the property that he owns, whether it's the money that he gets, whether it's the, the, the position of authority, whatever it is. So the child is, as it were, taking over the mantle of the father, taking over the father's kalim. See, so is is. And he functions as an extension of the father. So the father's matana, Russian gave him, is actually continuing for the father, not just for the child. Even after he's nifter. Even after he's nifter. So I think if you put these, this thought over here together with what the Sefer is saying, it's 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 a whole new world how to understand the concept of Yerusha. It's not just a financial transaction. You know instrument of how to, to divvy up the properties. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a metaphysical transfer, as it were, of a role. And you, you, you see many times, you, you see like, you know, people perceive that idea that you know, the child is like his father in many ways. He learned from the father, and therefore he continues the, the approach, the legacy of the father. Like, we, we see such an idea, and even in a rationalistic concept, but even but even more so in a, in a, in a you know in a capitalistic metaphysical concept, the idea that a child is mamish like an extension of the father is a fascinating thing. Um, so I think Yerusha is just, as it were, like the putting the stamp of approval on the reality which exists. It's almost like yeah, of course he takes over the money because he's the, he is 
the father, so why, why shouldn't take over the money? Right? He is an extension of the father. The, the starting point is not the money. The starting point is what the child is vis-a-vis the father. Mimela, the money goes to him. So that applies to each of the children. Each child is an extension of the father. Correct. Um, and does the mother have an extension? There's there's Yerusha from a mother to a child to a child also. Um, you know, and, and it's something to you know think about in the world of Nichem Avelim. You know, obviously, you know, a parent loses a child, so there's there's a lot of loss. But sometimes, you know, you you many children. Well, obviously, you know, I'm not as not as great as my father. But there's a lot of the, the father and the child. That's an Nechama. The father's not gone totally. He left something over. He left you over. He left the child over. The child is, is as it were, is holding on to the father's reality is still here in this world because there's a child which he produced, which is extending who the father was into the world. So it's a very... Uh, um, and I, you know, it's fascinating to me on a personal level that that, that thought process, um, because my my path in life was extremely different than my father's, and um, my father's different when I was when I was twenty six, so uh, without a lot of interaction between the two of us for many years because of just not strange, just like different, different worlds. You know, um, and my father wasn't very, uh, uh, shall I say, supportive of my decision. But as I got older, I started really how much. Started, my father got sick when I was very young, so I didn't really know my father when he was healthy. Um, I have zero recollection of him being healthy. Um, but like different things I hear from my mother, my my older siblings, I started realizing that there's a tremendous amount of my father in me. And it, it, you know, one day it just sank in, like, oh my gosh, like, wow. As much as I'm different, I'm not different. I'm, I'm, I'm really an extension of my father in many ways. Um, my mother too. But, um, and there was an element of the chum in that, that uh, you, you can, so. he, he's not gone. Um, so, that was the thought I wanted to share with you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry about that thought. Okay, a little bit brief, but...